If you listen to this podcast and follow what we do at Troutbitten, then you're a thoughtful angler, and you don't accept the status quo simply because that's how it's always been done. Squall of Fishing designs and creates fly fishing apparel with this same philosophy. Squalla was started by a group of lifelong fly anglers who spent their careers working for some of the biggest names in the outdoor industry, and they understood that essential fly fishing apparel like waders, jackets, sun gear, and insulation could simply be better. So now, Squalla makes gear for us, the like-minded few, serious anglers who don't take themselves too seriously. Check them out at squallafishing.com. Water is essential for life, but for Orvis, it's the blood of the brand. Orvis has been the leader in fly fishing since 1856. No other brand can match the explorative and innovative spirit they bring to the water today. Everything at Orvis is about inspiring and empowering adventure and wonder in nature. Rooted in the vitality of fly fishing, fueled by passion and curiosity for the outdoors, Orvis designs and develops products and experiences providing the knowledge and expertise to enable more meaningful moments and connections in nature. With over a century and a half of experience in the field and on the water, Orvis seeks to ignite that passion in others. This is the Trout Bitten Podcast. Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten? Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten? Yeah, Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten. It's about trout. Wild trout. This is Trout Bitten. This is the Trout Bitten Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. I'm Dominic Swentoski, the owner of Trout Bitten and the author of TroutBitten.com. So, you know how you see something from far away and it looks really great? It's almost perfect, right? But if you look a little closer, even from a long distance, you might start to find a few things that aren't quite right. But it's good. It's still pretty good. And then when you get even closer, you notice more problems. And when you've been around for a long time, you can't help but see many, many things that could be a lot better. Well, that's the fly fishing industry. And I don't just mean the companies and the big names either. I mean the whole thing, the full scale, from Instagram hashtags and big internet groups to the few anglers that hang out at your local bar. The industry trends, these habits, these practices, some of them just seem wrong. And the gear, the ads, videos, and articles, a lot of it kind of steers people in the wrong direction. So we thought we'd have a little fun with this and call out as many issues as we can fit into one podcast. Uh, Yes, we're here to criticize and complain a bit, maybe a lot. It's all in good fun, really. And quite honestly, though, I think most of the things we'll bring up could certainly benefit from a fair dose of constructive criticism. So I'm here with the Trout Pitten crew, and all of us are expert complainers. Really, we're adept at picking out the imperfections. Uh, we notice the absurd things about fly fishing and often share them with each other. And now we have a podcast episode for it. Now it's time for the airing of grievances. Think of it as a cleansing. It's a chance to bring everything out in the open from the dark corners and into the sunlight. Here, then, is Josh Darling, Austin Dando, Trevor Smith, Matt Grobe, and Bill Dell. Guys, are you feeling it? Are you ready? I got a problem. A to the now. (laughs) (laughs) I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. (laughs) 
Feeling good. Man, I've been waiting all episodes. This is the only reason I signed on to to do this for season, season three. For this episode. Right. That's right. Who brought the poll tonight? Oh, <laughs> uh, the the Festivus poll. Oh yeah. Somebody bring a, an aluminum pole. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what, I think every that's what all, it is. All of us are are we all Seinfeld fans? All of us? Nope. Heck yes. No, of Bill, course. Four yeah. at least. Bill, the cool on. kids. The cool kids mm-hmm. are uh, yeah. Seinfeld fans. The old guys. When I was tying flies last night, I actually rewatched the episode that this is from. Oh, <laughs> that's good. I know. Nice. I had to go find it. It's season 10, episode 9. It's called The Strike. Or no. It's season 9, episode 10. It's Come called, on, Pap. And it's called <laughs> and it's called The Strike. And uh, So good. Uh, it's good. It's about Festivus, and which is uh, Austin, tell everybody. Yeah. So George's uh, parents, specifically his dad, they don't celebrate Christmas or any other sort of uh, winter <laughs> holiday. Instead, they celebrate Festivus, which is a uh, Festivus for the rest of us. So if you feel discluded or you don't fit into one of these holiday categories, <laughs> you can come to their house and celebrate Festivus with them and sit around the aluminum Festivus pole and air your grievances with one another. Right. And then there's the feats of strength at the end. There is feats of strength <laughs> where, George, come wrestle your father. <laughs> <laughs> Bill will wrestle anyone in the garage afterwards. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> How yeah. are we going to display our feats of strength? Yeah, that's that's going to have to make the YouTube channel. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. So I can Just, like blindside <laughs> darling when he's filming you. <laughs> <laughs> Just truck him into the creek. <laughs> I'm going to mouth hook Bill Dell with a mop. <laughs> oh. That's good stuff. Pizza string. Pizza string. Uh. So the airing, of, the airing of grievances, as Frank says, is like basically you have a problem with your family. And uh, the tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. And now you're going to hear about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. That is good. I was going to, uh, you, you know, paste that clip in, but the copyright infringement I was going to oh, yeah. catch up with me eventually. He's so <laughs> angry. He is. He's, He's so bad. angry. Frank is an angry man. It's oh, yeah. so good. Which is why George is the way he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Explains everything. So, all right, we're going to skip the listener questions for this episode. Well, cons- so we have room for more grievances. Is that, is that okay, guys? <laughs> That's great. Mm, sounds good. All right, you want to do this? Are you sure you're ready? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Mm. All right, so we're going to keep this rapid fire, and let's just crank them out, right? Now, state your complaint, maybe defend it a bit, and then allow for a brief <laughs> comment from Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before moving on. This might be something we agree on. This might be a, an agreeable <laughs> podcast for us. We'll have an agreeable <laughs> disagreement. Yes. <laughs> so, I thought about this. We should start by keeping it in-house, right? How's that sound? Mm, I think, yeah. Would anyone like to log a few complaints to the Troutbitten office here? Do you have anything? <laughs> HR. This is HR. <laughs> Go ahead. I can take it. It's a culture. <laughs> this culture. This it's a culture of, it's a, this culture lacks safety. <laughs> Nobody feels like they can bring any complaints forward. Right. <laughs> Internal, man. That's, that's, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Internal grievance. I'm sick of looking at Dando's arms. Right. <laughs> I do that for you. I mean, put on a, put on a long sleeve shirt. I can't He's showing more skin every week. He is, right? Just wait yeah. till the finale. Are you in the attic? Mm, just wait till the finale. <laughs> no, I'm in a, I'm in a second floor room tonight. The attic is way too hot. Yeah. Put some sleeves on. <laughs> My internal grievance is our start time, right? 
Mm. We started 12 that's minutes late, good. right? I don't want to start 12 that's, minutes late. That's a good day. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and that was, that, was, that was pretty good. It wasn't 22 minutes late. My internal complaint is when Dom fixes the uh, length of the podcast each week mm. for our uh, length thing. contest. Uh, mm-hmm. He tends to, to get pretty close. He might not let himself win, but exactly. he never That's lets himself right, lose. That's right. <laughs> you know, he's smart enough to not just put himself in first. Mm, you know, he's yeah. got to leave a little bit of He, he know, lives in that question. second to third zone. Yep. He does. He feels comfortable there. <laughs> Thinks we don't notice. Mm. Tired of Josh's picture background looking so cool every week. Yeah, the right. end of that. Right. He tries to outdo yeah. everybody. And it looks like he has like a little uh, candle lit in the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. And I'm in a closet. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. It's Matt's not cool. <laughs> He's just trying to get away from the, the noise uh, of his family. Right. Uh, my uh, internal grievance is that Bill just feels the need to play the character of disagreeing with everything. Now. <laughs> not something, but everything. He's everything. like, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll, take I'll it. disagree with that. I'll disagree with that. No one else going to do it? I actually do disagree with a decent amount of the stuff or do things either. differently. I know it. Yep. And then sometimes, yeah, it's just fun to. Someone's got <laughs> to. Someone's got to give you some crap, you know. <laughs> Everyone can't pat you on the back. That's right. I like when Bill gets on a long description of a certain activity. It could be anything, yeah. like <laughs> strapping a rod rack to the top of your car. Or, oh yeah, that was bad. <laughs> I start <laughs> that to. That was bad. That was legendary. <laughs> I cut that out, didn't I? <laughs> Did you cut that out? I thought I cut that no, out. No, no, that's no. in there. He it's cut it down, but it was still like eight minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't cut it down. <laughs> Well, last week, uh, Bill taught us how to tie a squirmy wormy. Thanks. Yes, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't believe you guys didn't do it that way. I thought that was the official way to do it. That's how I do it. I do it that way. Yeah. Hey, we ready to go? We ready to move on yeah. here? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Who wants to start? Who's, who's, who, has some, uh, who has the first grievance? Uh, I'll take one. Ah. Ooh, the grumpy right Dell. All right. Grumpy. So, mm. so here, here's my grievance is uh, yes, I feel like this is a... Uh, a reoccurring theme where I see people on YouTube or Instagram showing you a fish and not measuring it and mm. saying, well, it was 20, it was 18. It was, oh, this was, you know, it had to be at least 24 <laughs> at least, but, but there's no measurement involved. And mm-hmm. so it's not hard to get some nail polish for, you know, a dollar down at Walmart and uh, put it, put a couple dots on your net, bud. On your net, mm. on your rod, carry a yeah. measuring tape. I just told you that uh, my yeah. oldest son, Joey, is out there fishing right now, and he sent me oh, a text that he caught a big fish. And uh, I know how, that he knows how big it was because he measured it, because he has a tape with him. Yeah. And you can keep that fish wet and measure it. It's possible. <laughs> and then you can, with confidence, say, it was 20. And yeah. I think it even makes you feel better if you know you're telling the truth. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. That's for sure. Bill, you've never lied about a fish size? No, not 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 to the not to the extreme. Like I've caught some big fish, but I hesitate to say, you know, hey, that was X big. I like I try yeah. to give it like a three inch slot, like, hey, it was probably between X and Y because I didn't measure it. Somewhere between seventeen and twenty seven. Yeah, you know, that that a ten inch slot range. It only <laughs> matters when you have to decide whether to give it a name or not. Yeah. That's, That's true. Right. That's right. That's right. That's when you get the measuring tape out. This it's a is big bigger deal. than 20. It is, yeah. It is a big yeah. deal. The first namer I ever caught was, I was in agony over it. You should have, Trevor saw it. I was like, oh, I yeah. don't, like we, because we hadn't, we didn't have a measuring tape, but we knew how long it was to the net because we marked okay. where it was at at the net. Yeah. But we didn't have a, a tape and we had to wait to tape it. 
mm-hmm. until after we were finished fishing. And so I was all night just wondering, oh my, it's got to be close. It's got to be about there. Huh. Nice. And then we got back and found out that it was, it had just made the cut. So, Gosh, talk about grievances. How did I forget about this? Oh, go yeah. Ahead. I mean, you can go ahead. Uh, Josh letting my uh, name or go? We can't just skip over that detail. We should bring that up again. I guess that's in-house. We, br- we should bring that up again. <laughs> <laughs> did Josh lose one of the biggest fish you've ever had on? Yeah. yeah. Austin, what, have you ever caught a namer before? As my only namer. Picture, it didn't happen. That's right. There's one picture of it. There is a picture of it that I took, right? Yeah, but that could have been anybody. You weren't in that picture, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Next <Sorry>. grievance. <laughs> I have a grievance from COVID. From everybody, when COVID began, yeah, every well, there's a lot of there could be a lot of COVID grievances. But one of sure. my particular COVID grievances was everybody posting pictures and saying that it was their quarantine fish or their yeah. quarantine fishing. <laughs> yeah, and for the record. Quarantining is when you have COVID and you have to stay in your freaking room (laughs) for 10 to 14 days. (laughs) Social isolation is what happened when COVID began Mm. and everybody got out on the river and tried to stay away from each other. So quarantine, you have COVID. Social isolation, totally different. Stop saying quarantine. Two (laughs) totally different things. Two totally different things. Glad we got that message out there. Yeah, it matters to me only. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that'll matter more for the next pandemic. I'm glad everybody knows that for the next. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, it doesn't matter so much now for COVID. That's right. <laughs> next grievance. I think one of my, maybe my main grievance complaint, right, is like the the purest thing, and the idea that fly fishing is this elite form of fishing. No, it's not. It's fly fishing. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot, Matt. You said the sentence, it's just fishing. You said that last podcast. We've all said that. It's just fishing. I had somebody get in touch with me, and they said, hey, my buddy fly fishes and he spin fishes. And uh, I say he's not a fly fisherman, but he says he's a fly fisherman. Do you think he's a oh fly fisherman? Gosh. I'm like, <laughs> oh, geez. I don't even understand that question. Are you, know? you the... Are you kind, now the authority? Are you oh, now right. the authority? Like, why ask me? Who cares, right? Who cares what I think? <laughs> but seriously, yeah, he's a fly fisherman when he has a fly rod in his hand. He's a spin fisherman when he has a spin fisherman in his hand. And the guy said something about uh, the elitism or whatever. Do you think I'm being elitist? And I was like, yeah, I do. I think you're being an elitist about it. <laughs> yeah. You got it in your mind that fly fishing is this higher form of fishing. And mm-hmm. you, you don't want your buddy who sometimes touches a spin rod to say that he's a fly fisherman. I'm like, you have to ask. <laughs> you're being an elitist. Yeah. Exactly. I get kind of frustrated about that. It's just fishing. Yeah. And I've said it before. I just fly fish because it's the best way to catch trout the way that they're eating. That's it. Yeah. I get it. Plenty of people do it other ways. And man, if you, if that's, if you love fly fishing for that reason, because you love the art of fly casting and because you love catching them on drives, we've all acknowledged whatever you love the most about it. Fantastic. But stop looking down your nose at somebody else because they pick up a spin rod or they fish worms or bait, whatever, you know? I think there's another form of sort of elitism hidden within, like it's not the dry fly guys. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's the fly shop guys, right? Where you you walk in the fly shop and there's this attitude of kind Mm. of superiority or like, Mm. well, it's just kind of, and in the, you know, we've had a couple commenters on the board recently that have yeah. that have mentioned such things you know when they began to get into fly fishing they went into their local fly shops and were met with kind of skepticism or kind yeah. of like well why are you here you know what do you know mm. and 
and kind of the you know it's almost elitism on a on a different side of the sport sure that is equally distasteful but yeah it's the ego man it's the ego right now yeah. austin honest question you haven't worked in a fly shop what's your perspective on that yeah um no that's definitely real it's it's real in anything so like when we had the fly fishing club there was a uh, community of people who act the same way in the fly yeah. shop they're you know, have been employees and employees of other shops that have gone in that acted the same way. It's, you know, each shop has its own tone. Yeah. And um, it's hard to say a blanket statement of, you know, each shop is sure. like that. Some are worse than sure. others, but it's sure. definitely out there. It, it is tough. The fly shop employees, I think, are kind of ambassador, the first ambassadors to the sport. Somebody who wants to get into fly fishing, let's say they can't get everything they want at Walmart or Dick's Sporting Goods. So they go to go into a fly shop and hopefully they find a good fly shop employee, like I'm honestly, I'm sure you were, Austin, that's going to be helpful and, well, hopefully not have that, that elitist tone that we just said isn't great, isn't good at all. Yeah, that can really set you up for a lot of success or just turn you off altogether. Turn you off for sure. Right, right. Well, and if you're in the shop and your whole point of life is to deliver a good customer service experience, yeah, you know, and, you, and you're sending out negative vibes, well, my grievance is, why are you there? Like, get out of the shop. Right. Like, pe- yeah. the, your whole existence is based on providing good, thoughtful information, you know, to individuals. Unless you're like, you know, a fly tying specific shop. Okay, like, I get it. You're not, because there are some shops out there that are yeah. really mm-hmm. heavy fly tying. But the shops that sell apparel, do guided trips, yes. and mm-hmm. provide all that stuff. Like, you're, those folks should be welcoming in the tourists the locals like that's why you're in business (laughs) right right exactly right imagine if someone put as much time thought and effort into designing fishing apparel as you put into finding fish well someone did squala fly fishing builds waders jackets shirts and pants so well designed dependable and comfortable you hardly notice them When you're wearing Squala, you're never hot or wet or unreasonably cold, so you can focus on more important things, like fishing. They don't make gear for everybody. They make gear for us, the like-minded few, serious anglers who don't take themselves too seriously. Check them out at SqualaFishing.com. Then use the code TROUTBITTEN10, that's the number 10, for 10% off your first order from Squala. For over a decade, Smith Creek has provided innovative, high-quality angling solutions designed to put your gear in easy reach, free up your hands, and keep our waters clean. Smith Creek's award-winning rod clip attaches to your vest and grips a variety of rod sizes, freeing up your hands to tie a fly, change a hook, or release your catch. All Smith Creek products are built guide tough, using high-quality materials like anodized, marine-grade aluminum, and UV-resistant nylon. For a limited time, Trout Bitten customers can save 10% off select Smith Creek products like rod clips, rod racks, and net holsters. Just visit the Smith Creek official store on Amazon.com and apply the discount code 10SmithCreek at checkout. That's the number 10, followed by Smith Creek. I'm going to roll right into the the guided uh, trips idea you just mentioned, Grove. I see this, and I don't know what the deal is, but let's say you go on a guided trip and the client catches a good fish. And the guide posts the picture of the fish of the guide holding the fish. What? We've got some guides on the on the uh, podcast tonight. What's the deal with that? 
I never hold the client's Be- fish. Because they can't, sometimes they ask you to hold it. And I find mm-hmm. it in the boat. In a boat scenario, mm-hmm. it's a little yeah. different than wade fishing. So when yes. you're yeah. doing all kinds of things and you net a fish in a boat and they're like, no, go ahead. You know, sometimes it's better for the fish if you hold them. I understand that. And I get that, but I also see like seasoned anglers standing in the water next to their guide and the guide's holding their fish and they're just standing there smiling. Like, I know. <laughs> what, can they it's, not hold their own fish? May, maybe they're elitists and they don't want to get <laughs> fish slime. It's just <laughs> so goofy. It reminds me of when, you know, my boys were really young and we were just, you know, uh, catching bluegill and they're like, ooh, ooh I don't want to touch it. So I kind of hold it for them and put yeah. it in front of them and my wife would take a picture. It kind of kind of reminds me of that. It's not it, quite that yeah. silly, but it's, you yeah. know, you know. <laughs> it's a little, it's, it's some like, silliness like there. That, yeah. Bill, you have something? Uh, I think some of it is kind of centered around look what I did, meaning like I'm the guide and I did this. Like, yeah, right. It was um, more my accomplishment than theirs. I know. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a lot of people, but I do. Some pictures seem to have that tone. Right. I do have a number of guide grievances. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm sorry if I'm going to say a couple of them. Right. Austin, I thought where you were going there, it was like when, Mm -hmm. I guess we're hitting on Instagram a lot here, but I'll see guides that just want to put every day they guided, they're going to show, you know, the client's face and, and the fish that they caught like over and over. Mm. I don't know. I hope they're asking those clients. I would put it that way because I would not use my clients as marketing. Um, If they're asking them and the clients are okay with it, then it's different. But I kind of get the sense sometimes that these clients are not being asked. And I can tell you for a fact, I've I've had people that were in that situation. They were like, oh yeah, hey, don't use my picture because that happened to me before. That their picture was used in this, in the marketing for uh, a guide. I wouldn't I, do that to people. I take photos or I ask the person if they want photos. I try to take a couple and then I yeah. send them to them and I just let them, sure. I let the client do what they want with them. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I think that's like I, yeah. the best way to do it. Next grievance. All right. I've got a grievance because it's summertime now. Mm-hmm. We even had a podcast on this at one point, but the warm water police is they're about to come out, I think. <laughs> right, the warm water police. That's <laughs> yeah. your grievance. Yeah. <laughs> the term. warm water police. Yes. And how how much self, I don't know. There's just a lot of moralizing that's about to happen about yes. <laughs> people fishing in the summertime right. and how no responsible angler should fish in the summertime. And I, I think it bothers me because, and we talked about this, mm-hmm. but it's because there is not an emphasis on teaching the actual standards by which you should fish and the education and science behind it. And right. rather it's just, well, it's hot outside and, and you should just stop fishing from right. July through September, you know, because it's hot. Um, and we talked about all the nuance to that, right? Like yes. how, you know, the yeah. water temps at your particular local waterways, the time mm-hmm. of day you're fishing, you know, whether you're fishing tributaries or, you know, what there's species? just so much, right. What species, the ever-changing number, degree number that people are cutting off fishing at, whether it's 65 or 68 or 70, or, right. you know. I, and, I wait yearly, Trevor, yeah. for the uh, like stream chart thing. Yes. And all of a sudden <laughs> it's on like 25% of your feed. Right. Yeah, it is. Everybody's reposting you fish. it. Yeah. I think everybody just wants to get everyone else off the water. 
so they can go fish. So <laughs> it's pretty smart, that. actually. <laughs> right? I, I think I, I might have started <laughs> that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I think it actually is that, uh, well, fishing gets harder in the summer. It gets more uncomfortable in the summer. You have to get earlier. Yeah. You have to get up yeah. earlier in the summer. And so yep. people stop fishing. And when they're not fishing, they don't want to see other people fishing or hear about right. it. So they say, right. you shouldn't be fishing either. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback on that a little bit. So just like people want to get on everybody for the water temperature thing, right? Yeah. I'm going to move into the brown trout spawn. And, and for me personally, there's mm, nothing yeah. more annoying than... It's the same type of people that post the water temperature thing. As soon as fall hits, they want to start getting on everybody yep. for fishing yep. during yep. the brown trout spawn. And look, I'm not even going to justify Central PA, East East Coast a little bit because the primary trout is brown trout, right? Yep. And I'm not saying I agree yep. with it. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like, uh, maybe I could be a little bit more like open-minded to the battering of that. I'm I'm targeting the West right now. So this yeah. grievance goes out to the entire West Coast of the United States who has cutthroat <laughs> trout spawning and rainbow trout spawning starting in March and going all the way through May, early June. You never hear about it. Right. The same people that hmm. want to yell at you for fishing in the fall are fishing daily and guided and non-guided. Yeah. Everybody's out on the river trampling around the water clarity's not there but everybody gets away with a free pass why is that like i don't i don't get it and it's really really annoying <laughs> there's this grievance yeah <laughs> around here with the brown trout spawn happening in the late fall early winter that really coincides with the oh with deer season right rifle season and I find a lot of outdoorsmen who are fishing yeah. now focus, I'm going to focus on hunting. And I, again, I really believe this, that one of the main things, they're focused on hunting. They see that you're fishing. They're like, ah, hmm, he shouldn't be fishing. Let me find a reason. Spawning. That's why he shouldn't be fishing. Yeah. yeah. I got yeah. full articles about why I think it's okay to fish during the spawn. Not to target spawning trout, but it's okay to fish around here anyway during the spawn. It, I would briefly say it's because they are so spread out and you can easily, you, it's predictable and you know where they are. If you're disciplined, you can avoid them. And you learn something about what you should be avoiding. Once the eggs are dropped, you know where the reds are now and the type of water you should be avoiding and what those reds look like all the way through January, February, and finally March when those eggs finally hatch. If not, sure. if you go fishing during January, February, and March, you're walking on those eggs. Sorry. But right. if you don't know where those reds are, you're doing more damage than if you would have just fished yep. during the spawn. That's my very brief argument we should have a full podcast that's the best no, though that's, that's the point. best i i yep i re i replay that dom all the time to people and i'm just like so what you, you stay off the river and to your point you just blast through all the water and think it's yeah. okay two months later right you know that's it's it's not i don't know i feel like everyone should take a deep breath on that and really right. educate yourself before you start commenting on right. people fishing during the spawn and i said you know targeting fish dom you said it Targeting fish that are spawning, yeah, there's no place for it, right? Agreed. I think we can all agree agree with that. We do here, yeah, we agree with that. But, but having said that, like, you know, there's people that do, and 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 I always tell people, like, if you actually watch these fish, like, fish aren't eating, like, when they're paired up, 
You'd yeah. have to just snag them. Like they're not eating. They're they're right. they're, they're, they're they're spawning. Like, I agree. You could drift over a a, a prince nymph and uh, a streamer, and most chan- most times when they're actually paired up, right? They're not they're not eating. There's a small window where you have aggressive males protecting mm-hmm. the beds that I think, you know, people can you know expose that weakness in the fish or that fish is prone. But overall, yeah. you know more education watching them in their element yeah probably good for the fish so you can tell your buddy hey up around that bend you might want to avoid that gravel bar (laughs) nice no i'm with all that i got a lot of problems with you people spot burning can i just keep going can i take this whole episode myself and yeah (laughs) how about the next five minutes so listen spot burning i'm going in i'm going in guns blazing on spot burning you're going in guns. Oh place. yeah, I, but specifically Instagram. So I'm I'm sick and tired of seeing the guy that writes up a big paragraph complaining about his spot getting blown up and the fact that there's boots on the bank now. When you yeah. scroll down through his feed and all that is is background shots of that river and yeah. and and everything, right? So like it's like, come on, man. Like, do you think I'm really gonna feel sorry for you because I sat there and probed through your feed and found out where you were fishing? Like, if you're that worried about it, (laughs) don't don't post the background, but please don't don't continue to post the background and then complain about it later that your spot got burned. We've acknowledged, like, I mean, the the burning of secrets has been around for a long time, way before social media, right? There were always consequences to that, you know. But now, yeah, if you're putting it out there publicly, you have to realize how many people, especially if a big fish is in the picture, are going to look at that spot, dissect it, probably figure out where you are. Bill Dell knows where you are. Right, Bill will figure out where I you are. He'll figure it out. That's <laughs> not even, we're not out. even kidding. Bill will figure it out. <laughs> and plenty of other people will too. So you can't complain yeah. about it. If you have caused it, stop complaining about it, basically. Definitely. I, I guess that's a, that's a self-grievance I had like after Hmm. probably four or five years of posting and I went back through my feed and was like, I don't like who I like, I don't like the pictures (laughs) that I have. And and so I went back through and, you know, scrubbed it out and I rarely post a fish with a background now because, and let me, I admire that. I'll piggyback on that because I like early stages of social media, Bill, you hit it on the head. Like I was a prime candidate for spot burning, right? So this is like my, oh, yeah. this is my inner self talking at the age of 40 to my 25 year old self. I'm, right, yeah, I'm grieving. Right. I'm putting a grievance on myself at the age of 25 because yeah. I did the, I did the same thing. What we're trying to do here is to teach people the mistakes we made sure, and then prevent it, maybe prevent it. And look, some people don't care and that's fine, but we're trying to tell you, you, will. Like, you will, you will eventually. care. Exactly, because yeah. we've been there, done that, and got right. got burnt. <laughs> we talked to that pretty good in the in the secrets and spot burning episode. And the point is to preserve those secrets, either for your future self or for the other people. You do it for other people. Yeah, you might not care, but yeah. somebody else does care about that piece of water. Right. But it's really silly to uh, highlight those waters, uh, even unintentionally. But yeah, people can figure out where you are, and then to complain about it because you're the one who right. brought the attention to it. Right. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> See? Grievances, man. <laughs> ah. All right, I and, got one. Uh, wait, Come let on, me, guy. one more, one more thing on that oh, before we move on to yeah, Austin. Good. It's <laughs> just from out, like respect the spot burn when it comes to the hashtag. So when you're traveling, because I see a lot of people travel out here. Mm. Yeah. 
and they think it's okay to spot burn. Yeah. I'm going to make this up. The Yellowstone River, right? right. And sure, we all know about the Yellowstone River, but it doesn't mm-hmm. make it right to just blow it up just because you're on vacation. Because if you, you wouldn't want that on your home water, you shouldn't want right. it on the, the waters yep. that you're visiting in the, in the country. Honestly, that's I'm perfect. Done. Yeah, yeah I think you're done. <laughs> I think we've done a pretty good job on this podcast of uh, maybe providing an example of how you can talk about these rivers and I'll just say, yeah. oh, my local stream that I was fishing today, or on one of the bigger right. streams that I have that we have around here. You can talk. It's it might feel a little strange at first, a little awkward, but you can do that in a public setting. Yeah, uh, you can talk around those river names. You do not have to name the river. No, it doesn't add anything. It really I'll doesn't. say one more thing about it. Doesn't add anything, right? I'll say one more thing about that. Let's not do it in YouTube uh, titles either. Yeah. Yes, yeah. please. Yes. Fishing River X, big brown trout. Big brown trout. Yeah, you got to throw brown all, caps. Trout. Yeah. all caps. All caps. I just think uh, it's weak. That gets old. I think it's uh, easy. It's the low-hanging fruit. I think it's cheap. That's Yeah, that's high on my list. You're At that point, you're <laughs> you're pimping out the river. That's a good way to put it. Ooh, because, pimp, because pimping. Pimping. pimping it out. Because if you're putting, like, think of it, what value do you add to that river by putting it mm. on YouTube mm-hmm. and giving someone an exact place of where to go and catch fish? Right. How's that if helping anything? Right. Right. You're, all you're doing is giving someone the recipe to go repeat what you did mm-hmm. instead of, you know, if you want to help the river, you know, find the organization. But yeah, you're not adding value. I'm going to throw another log on the uh, media fire here. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm getting a little tired of fly fishing ads um, from any company, whether it be a startup or a uh, you know, well-known one. Their You're ads are becoming deep. like cheesier and cheesier and cheesier. Like not everybody lives inside their Tacoma with their dog and a rod vault. <laughs> like, and that's the only thing they're portraying anymore. Like That's not the whole market. <laughs> Austin, you've often talked about uh, lifestyle anglers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And I find that the ads are really catering to that lifestyle angler. Mm-hmm. We brought up COVID earlier and everybody says, so, Matt, you said how so many more anglers, you know, came in to yep. the uh, 800,000. Right. And so a lot of those, let's say, are, it's fair to say they're lifestyle anglers. What do we mean by that term though? Austin, what do you mean by that? Yeah, it's, um, it's more of an image than it is like an actual uh, part of your life. So sure. you may go fishing once a month, maybe less, and you're going to have some of the nicest gear on the market and you're going to take some yeah. pretty good photos and you'll probably post any fish you catch. And then, uh, you'll, you'll talk about it like you're an expert, but you don't have very much <laughs> cred to back it up. That's a, yeah. that's a lifestyle poser or a lifestyle angler. Yep. Kind of not doing it for the fishing as much as for the looking, the looking, the looking, the, Hey, look at me. Yeah, it's about themselves. You might write a long story on Instagram about how you caught the fish. Yeah. But wait a minute. <laughs> Next time I'm on the river rigging up in my Tacoma with my rod vault, should I like, you like do. dunk myself in the river? <laughs> 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 there's a, a contingent of real ones out there, and then there's just the rest. I got a rod vault, and I feel triggered here. <laughs> That's you feel targeted. <laughs> rod vault was on my grievances. No, it wasn't. I was just kidding you. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, your your legacy, you know, like you. Go, I'm legacy, so I like yeah. Austin, so he's legacy troutman. You can't hate the OG. <laughs> no, he's untouchable. He's untouchable. <laughs> he has immunity. Yeah. Next grievance. I got a quick one. Weather complainers. 
Weather complainers. Oh, yeah. Don't like it. Unreal. Stop making excuses and just go fishing. Don't like it. That's my whole grievance right there. It doesn't ever make sense either because they're always complaining about the best kind of weather to fish in. That's true, you too. Know? Yep. It's like, oh, it's, oh, it's cloudy outside. and rainy yeah. right. and a little cool. Yeah, <laughs> oh, better stay That's home. That's great. Stay home. It's fantastic. It's the Goldilocks yeah. thing. Yeah. The Western version of that, which I've been seeing a lot now, is, oh, man, it's runoff. I hope it's not runoff when I come out and visit. And it's like, mm, dude, sure. it's runoff every year. What are you talking about? Like, how do you wish away... <laughs> Right, <laughs> something that happens every year for your trip selfishly, like it, <laughs> sure, make it happen. There's a lot of lakes out here. You can fish. Right. Don't act like it's yeah. unexpected. You know. Right. It's right. It's to be expected. Just like the hot weather right now is to be expected. But right. you can still and fish it rains. It. it rains back home in May. Like it. Yeah. There you go. You're gonna have some mud. Like it's well, just gonna <laughs> happen. <laughs> Dad and I used to do a camping trip. We did tried to do two camping trips a year. And one of them was in the springtime on one of our big rivers that floods really easily. And we'd do it in uh, May when he was still working before he was retired. Uh, no, actually late April. And I was like, dad, because we kept getting blown out. And of course he was complaining about it. So was I, I mean, Hey, whatever you spend the time and the effort to get there. And all the time, like over half the time we'd be blown <laughs> out. And then we're traveling around the local tribs and stuff. And he's man, complain. I said, dad, it, this is the way it is. April, even early May, even mid-May, like we should move this trip to June. And then for the last <laughs> few years, that's what we did. We started just fishing it in June. Oh, that made all the difference, you know? Tom, I had the same experience. I put together kind of a, a Penn State Fly Club reunion trip this year. Um, mm, yeah. And got know, 15 different anglers from the club together. And we went for a three-day camping trip and it rained three days straight. Yeah. But it was the first week <laughs> of May. It's to be expected. Yeah, you have a 50-50 shot there, right? And Dom, when <laughs> when, but when that 50%, because I used to do it the same time you did, or earlier yeah. than you did with my family for two weeks, one out of five years, if you hit it, boy, were you rewarded. With, oh, sure, like, right. Extraordinary mm, yeah. fishing, right? But I mean, it was hard to hit, it. but mm -hmm. it was worth waiting out the the deluge that often, you know, as soon as you'd set up the tent, <laughs> we would joke, <laughs> right? Right. And, and luckily, I don't know, and I know what one you're talking about. Sometimes it yeah. takes a while for that to come up. So uh, you could get yeah. a good, like, 24 hours in before it yeah, went completely blown out. Oh, right, right. It'll take a minute for it to blow out. But once it's yeah. blown out, you're, yeah, you have you're days done. before game it's coming down. Yeah, it's game over. Tactical Fly Fisher was started in 2015 by fly fishing team USA angler Devin Olson with a mission to bring American anglers the techniques and gear that dominate the international competitive fly fishing scene. While you may have no desire to compete, you can still benefit from the same strategies which competitive anglers use to make them more successful on the water. Whether you want to buy a urinimping rod, a stillwater fly line, or just some hooks and beads to fill your fly box, we've got you covered. And our teaching materials will help you learn how to use whatever products fill up your cart. Head on over to tacticalflyfisher.com and use the code TFF10 to get 10% off flies, fly tying supplies, or terminal tackle. Precision Fly and Tackle is a family-owned business with a passion for the outdoors and a sense of adventure. They are anglers who enjoy every moment spent on the water with family and friends. Precision Fly and Tackle carries the widest selection of Euro rods, reels, lines, leaders, flies, and accessories. From the beginner to the advanced angler, Precision Fly and Tackle can outfit every angler, no matter the budget. 
visit them online at precisionflyandtackle.com. Then use code TROUTBITTEN10, that's the number 10, for 10% off your order. Gear up with Precision Fly and Tackle for your next adventure. What else? Grievances. I got another one. I'm jumping in, guys. You got, <laughs> See? Yeah. You got you to go quicker one. than Matt. Yeah, you got you to gotta go quick. I said two at the beginning. I'm into thir- the third, and now I'll just comment. But <laughs> my grievance is with the, the fly shop guy or the just sing- singular angler that blows up the beginning of the hatch because we all know hatches start and finish at different times most years. And there's this yeah. like nice little time frame, the first two days of the hatch where the parking lots aren't full and you oh. get to experience the front end of it without it getting crowded. And then there's that guy. Yeah. Paul Revere. That posts on Instagram that says, <laughs> it's on. Right. And then all of a sudden, point. everybody and their mom comes up from the city yes. to fish the stream. Mm-hmm. And, and you were just like, dude, could you? Like, come on. I mean, it's going to, everybody knows it's going to come <laughs> off between the 12th and the 16th. Mm-hmm. It came off the 10th. Just shut up for two days. <laughs> yeah, enjoy it. <laughs> right? Like, just be quiet. Enjoy it. Why right, tell everybody yeah. else about it? Because it's going to be in your back pocket in a minute, right? It's on. It's on. You'll catch more fish if there's less people around. <laughs> That's right. good. Just words of wisdom. <laughs> I love it. Just <laughs> words of wisdom. It's so true. That's going to be Bill Dell's uh, paragraph under every one of his Instagram posts. <laughs> that's going to be my new email signature. It'll be on your tombstone. <laughs> your new bio. <laughs> Tom, I've got a grievance on your behalf. Read, having been, I, I started reading the articles on your site before I ever knew you. But right, I, right. And even at that time, I would get annoyed at almost always the very first comment that would come through, which would be, somebody asking a question that either yeah. clearly didn't yeah. read the ar- actual article. I, I knew that's what you'd say. Or, yeah. or the answer to their question is like in, you know, in, I don't know, the article before or something. Or like one that. of the linked articles. Yeah. Like I could have answered. I, I mean, I was like, I just read this and I could answer this. Can I type in? Yeah. And I, I honestly, sometimes it would be all I could do not to write a second question just to kind of like be like, hey, dude, do you, I mean, he did answer that question in the actual right. article. I follow your stuff too. And I find it, it, it's a little bit entertaining to me because usually every article or whatever you're sharing on Instagram, there's usually Mm -hmm. one or two comments almost every time that is clearly talked about in the podcast or talked about in the article. And yeah, it's just, I have to laugh instead of get mad. Yeah. Well, it used to frustrate me more. Now I just take it as uh, just just the way things go. People don't scroll through Instagram, for example, uh, in a way where they're ready to read a whole bunch of stuff. So they'll see my summary that tells you, hey, I wrote an article. This is what it's about. And then they don't don't want to go read the article. But then then, then they want to comment on it. And I'm kind of with you, Trevor. I'm like, don't comment on it, really, unless you do take the time to read the article. Certainly don't disagree (laughs) with the summary unless you've maybe read the article. The same thing goes along with the, really the YouTube comments are the worst. I mean, YouTube's like a troll factory. And (laughs) now that Josh, you and I are doing the the videos every two weeks. Yeah. I did that first day that it's up. I'm like, "Mm, there's a mean comment. Oh, there's a mean comment. There's always a couple on average, like one Uh, or two. You should, I think you should, I think you should screen print them and the, like the season finale of the podcast. Like you can just read them. It'd be like (laughs) Jimmy Kimmel, like mean tweets. Yeah. That'd be so funny. That's not a bad idea. That's one of my grievances, man. 
just seriously, one of my grievances is just mean people. Like, just stop being mean. People that, oh, want to comment just to get a rise out of you. We know they're just trolling, but a lot of people too are just looking to be entertained. Well, to entertain themselves by being mean to other people. That's terrible. And yeah, the more content that I put out there, let's say with podcasts and, and articles and videos, yeah, the more you're just asking for it. Like, I understand that. But I will tell everybody listening, <laughs> if you aren't nice, I just delete it. That's it. Yeah. You can, oh, feel, yeah. please, seriously, feel free to disagree. I love other ideas and disagreement. We all do. We all do. But yeah. don't be mean. That's why at the very end of every article and at the top, <laughs> at top uh, of the comments section, I, I have something there that just says like, hey, be part of the Troutbitten community of ideas. <laughs> be nice. Be kind to yeah. each other. That's it. Yeah. And if you... If you're not being kind, if you're not being nice about the thing that maybe you disagree with, okay, I'll tell everybody, I just delete it. Yeah. I've found that's the best way to do it because you're never, it's almost like when people front end you, you're never going to go like, hey, please don't front end me because yeah, X, Y, Z. No, (laughs) they look back at you and they swear at you and get mean with you. No, nobody's ever, you can't, I've tried it. You can't talk people down from, they're trying to be mean, mean to you right away online. It just doesn't work. So the easiest way to do it is just delete it. And we're in control of our, all of our own channels. And so yeah. I can delete anything on Instagram, anything on YouTube, anything on my own website. And I will tell you, that's what I do. If it's me. Yeah, and you don't lose sleep over it, right? No, not you at know, all. It's just gone. Because it's yep. my policy. Yeah. I mean, it, it turns the troll into a meaningless. It's powerless. Yeah, they have power. no power yeah. anymore. Yeah. Right. Which is awesome. It is kind of nice. You have control over that. You can ban people, block people. Yeah. Yes. Yep. At the end of the day, it's just a 15-inch trout. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it, it's yeah. just a trout. Move on. Like, come on. There's yeah. another one up around the bend. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So true. Go catch trout. Have fun. Don't be mean. Next grievance. I've got a grievance about uh, a comment. I either hear this comment, read this comment, watch this comment on YouTube, whatever it is, about... Yeah. Um, Hard work paying off or fishing being <laughs> worth it. You know, we, we worked hard. This fish really made the payoff. That bugs me. Like, fishing isn't work. And the payoff <laughs> is getting to go fishing. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. That's so silly to it's me. not the trophy, right? It's trophy. That's trophy fishing, right? <laughs> yeah. The grind. You don't like the, the grind. grind. You don't like the Ooh. terms used. The grind, grind lifestyle. <laughs> the grind lifestyle. I mean, you can work hard in, in the sense yeah, of Yeah, I like to fish in, hard and get after you can it. Dr- but you can enjoy it. It's not like, mm-hmm. a, oh, I got to go to work again. <laughs> right. It's right. not like, oh, thank goodness I caught this fish. Otherwise, right. this would have been a massive waste of time. Mm-hmm. Right. I walked five miles and, you know, f- threw a gauntlet of... Yeah, <laughs> deadly animals and <laughs> muck to catch it's, this fish. It's like yeah. really, yeah. yeah like okay. I got it. it. It's being a martyr. So hard being a yeah. martyr. Yeah. Nobody dragged you out there, man. You chose That's to right. do that. That's right. right. <laughs> That's good. Trevor. I'm not That's, gonna feel bad for yeah. you. <laughs> like I said, I yeah. like to fish hard. I like to get after it. But yeah, I don't think it's a. Uh, you got a yeah. problem, Dom. Oh, right. <laughs> we all got a problem when we, we fish hard. Like we're obsessed but we enjoy it. It's not like, right. Dom, man, I fished 12 hours today, man. <laughs> Feel sorry like, for me. It's not no. labor. Yeah. And it's not like, I'm. it's not like I'm saving the world either. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> when I fish yeah. hard and I, 
you know, I really grind it, right? <laughs> and I get, and I come up with a couple of fish right before dusk, and I'm whatever, <laughs> right at the takeout. Although, at, at, when it when it's when it's four a.m. and I'm driving home, mm-hmm. and my and I know my kid is going to be awake when I get home. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I haven't caught anything. That's a little different. Now you're a martyr. <laughs> when I when I come home, same thing darling and my back hurts and i'm like oh my back hurts like my wife blows me up oh yeah she's like shut <laughs> up dude yeah. you were fishing for 12 hours that's right caitlin will look at me yeah, uh, yeah the next day if i act tired caitlin will look at me real serious and point at me and say don't make me hate night fishing oh my gosh <laughs> perfect <laughs> perfect that's good <laughs> that's we've got a yep. verbal agreement in our house that that i'm allowed to do it pretty much yeah, you know, at, le- at least once yeah, a week, as blanche. long as I don't complain at all the next day. That's great. Yep. Are we yeah. going to have the airing of grievances for the drop in wives? <laughs> That's not oh, bad. That'd be good. Ooh, not a bad idea. That'd be good. Oh, boy. Hooks in her feet. Number one. <laughs> That'd be a grievance. Yeah. <laughs> Kids' feet. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes my sense. My two my year old had a rainbow warrior yesterday, and I was no. like, I'm dead. My my two year old just got a. Why do you have a twenty size twenty rainbow warrior in your hand? Mm. Mm. <laughs> my yeah, kids yeah. never got a hook in them, but my dog had uh, had a had a dungeon Ooh. and an articulated. Both hooks were in his mouth too. He comes up to oh. me like, "Hey, uh, this uh, this isn't right." He just kind of looked at me funny, and I get to looking at him like, "What?" I thought a, a part of a sock or something was hanging out of his mouth. Uh. Oh boy, this is gonna be a mess. I actually had to get my hemostats, and yeah. well, I got it out. You should have called the doctor over. I might, yeah, you could numb them. <laughs> numb them up. What else? Keep going. We got to go rapid fire here. Let's give, let's give a couple quick ones. I feel like we what should about move big into nets? the, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I was, well, actually, that's what I was going to say. I was, th- I was going to say, I think we should move into the world of uh, specialization. Uh, and that is like the, the negative two weight rods and the 72 inch hoop <laughs> nets, you know? Negative two. Like, <laughs> negative two. <laughs> On nine X tippet, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You need a five gallon bucket to get something in a net. Right. When it's eight X. The the idea is the more specialized you get in something, you the less you can do with it. Mm. You kind of bottleneck yourself into one thing that you can do on the river. Counter argument is the better they are at it. But there's like a like if you're if you're actually doing that fishing great like that's what you're passionate about, that's cool. Yeah. Cause whatever. Oh, for I mean, sure. That, that's yeah. what you want to do. It's it's the guy that, you know, fishes once a month that I don't get. Well, and I think I mean, that's somewhat I, of an industry problem because I think they get yes. funneled. There's like this Euro nymphing, like this is the ultimate ideal of, this is the enlightenment right. of the nymph <laughs> the enla- This is how you can be a nymph man and still be elite. The enlightenment. Right? Yeah. The, and the so, Euro. And, yeah. And here's all the gear. Here's our Euro page where you can just like outfit yes. yourself in everything Euro and now you're a Euro nympher. Everything Euro in one place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Euro starter kit. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's good. Uh. My thing with that, yeah, as we've talked about, I mean, I write so much about the mono rig and we all talk about it so much. We all fish it, uh, but we do so much more than just Euro nymphing with it. We've addressed that plenty. I'm not going to try to do that here. And there have been tight line systems around for a very, very long time. Uh, so the Euro anything kind of eh, gets under my skin a little bit. I've learned to accept it because so many re- so many people refer to really tight line nymphing is what they mean as Euro nymphing. But again, one more time, Euro nymphing is really just tight line nymphing with only weighted, only flies attached to the line, nothing else. It's basically right. tight line nymphing under competition rules. And one of my grievances is that, well, j- like Josh said, the industry 
it, it pushes people into this idea of specialization. Well, if yeah. you're going to need Euro nymph, you're going to need this Euro rod, and you're going to need this Euro fishing fly line. You're going to need this uh, Euro the, Euro, the, the Euro net. The Euro, Euro net. right? The net, the whole thing. The Euro, the Euro nymphing starter starter package, like Bill said. And you don't need any of that to be very successful catching fish on a tight line with nymphs. And really, you might do better without a couple of those tools that are very specialized. Anyway, we've been through all of that. So I guess the reason it is one of my bigger grievances is because I kind of feel like I'm fighting against it all the time. Not that I disagree with Euro nymphing or the tactic. I like it. We're doing it a lot today. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> as, soon as, I, as soon as we added split shot, it wasn't Euro nymphing. We added a Dorsey yarn indicator. It wasn't Euro nymphing, was it? You know, uh, We drop shotted for a little bit. Well, none of that was Euro nymphing. But all of that was fantastic. It was actually better than getting strike zone rides with uh, just weighted flies and nothing attached to the leader. So my point is that so many people just misunderstand what actually makes these rigs work. And they mm. think it's the restrictions of, well, hey, I don't attach an indie. Oh, I don't, I don't use any split shot. Oh, I use this, this leader or this way. They think it's those restrictions. Or they think it's the Euro-nymphing fly line that makes the whole thing work. No. It is none of that. None of that is what makes it work. I won't even try to get into what actually makes it work here because <laughs> we've done it on other podcasts. My point is I continue to feel like I, I kind of fight that or have to, like, yeah. I'm trying to educate literally every day on the water to give people to kind of open their minds to, no, 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 this really works well, but let me show you what else you can do with it. Yeah, anyone who acts like if you don't fish the way that they do, yeah. then you're doing it wrong. That's another one of my grievances and that falls right go. in line. That's the purest elitism thing too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it, it comes with the dry fly guys, with the, uh, the Euro-nymphing guys, whatever, the streamer junkie guys. Mm -hmm. Hey, this is the way I do it. You know, cool. But let's not look down our nose at the way other people do it. <laughs> Stripping for 20s. Strips it. Which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Next grievance. How about the, uh, the flies that are pretty much have no taper and just whip finished with a bead? They'll get on my <laughs> hey, nerves now. a little bit. <laughs> Tell us <laughs> more. <laughs> Tell us more. Give me an example. Now you're getting purist on us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talked about the junk flies. And so I guess maybe, maybe I'm a little elitist in my, in yeah. myself. And I feel like if I tie a nymph, it needs to have a taper where the, hmm. the tail of it is small and the head of it is big. Yeah. And so. Like there's the pertagons, but then I see, you know, you're tying a size 16 pertagon with a four millimeter bead. <laughs> right. Like, right. That just doesn't, I, I, I'm, I, but they catch fish. They must catch fish. They I haven't tried fish. it. Well, and there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, just, no. don't, just don't call it a pheasant tail. Don't call it a, a stone fly yeah. nymph. You know, just, just, this is my, this is my uh, copper bead fly. Copper you know? bead yeah. fly. This is my hooked split shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wrote an article called That's Not an Olive. Oh, right. Yeah. And the point was I went fishing with a guy for, oh, whatever, for about two hours. Then I was like, this is silly. And uh, he was bragging about his uh, olive pattern. It was, oh, they're taking an olive. He wanted to come up and tell me they're taking an olive. I got a bunch of fish back there on an olive over and over. He kept telling me he was fishing this olive pattern. And he finally showed it to me. It was a huge orange bead cool whatever if that's what they're eating but then it was like a little bit of olive thread behind it and some uh, cdl for a tail i was like that's not an olive this was trevor 
This was Trevor, right? Trevor. <laughs> this is Trevor's. <laughs> yeah, that's the Listen, truth. I use the orange bead judiciously. No, the bead's great. I'm <laughs> just saying, like, <laughs> it was a. They were eating an orange bead, bud. Like it could be anything behind that bead. They were eating an orange bead that day. Cool. Like you said, Bill. I mean, if the bead basically for me, that my rule, my rule of thumb, I suppose, if the bead takes up more than fifty percent of the real estate on the fly. That's what they're eating is the bead. I don't yeah. care what the hell you put behind it. Yeah. They are eating a bead and they do. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I don't even know if I have a grievance here. I just think they look kind of odd. But if the fish eat them, cool. <laughs> but don't, well, I guess don't come up and tell me that they're eating an olive <laughs> <laughs> because they're actually eating an orange bead in that case. Yeah. Next grievance. I've got a grievance about cheap gear that's oh, made. Yeah. So like this first began when I, I bought my first waiting staff, I think, and I bought yeah. like a fly fishing waiting staff from a fly fishing company. Oh, yeah. And I broke it, I think, in the first couple months. And then I bought like a trekking pole from like a hiking outdoor right. mountaineering the, kind of company. The way we all do and it, it was it was like 10 times the quality. Yeah. And the price, you know, was was very comparable. And it just bothered me because it was like, here, you're trying to take what somebody's already doing well in the industry and do it, you know, more poorly just to call it a fly fishing waiting <laughs> staff. Yeah. And why would you, why would anybody buy the, this inferior product? Um, mm-hmm. But they just don't know what's out there. I think if they don't look at other industries and I think Josh and I also see this a lot when we compare like hunting gear with, fl- with fly fishing gear, yeah, there's a lot of times like, yeah, like we, we, we have the luxury of having some good hunting clothing that we then wear for fishing but then you see the fishing industry lagging behind sometimes the hunting industry just in the technology that's used and the types really? of clothing that in the outdoor in the hunting world are you know they're light, they're light years ahead whether that's because there's more people in that industry or there's yeah. there mm-hmm. can be more money there i don't know what it is but Trevor i think some of it has to do though with like if you think of hunting like you're th- like it's exercise it's work hard like yeah you're hiking into the your tree stand two miles and you need that breathable fabric i don't know if we're there yet with fish with fly fishing like i think yeah. some of these apparel companies are starting yeah. to see that there's a lightweight line out yeah. there for a certain angler because we as a group tend to really get like after it like we <laughs> yeah we walk yeah. far we need that breathable material so i think the majority of anglers, this is me stereotyping people, Yeah, you know, they fish a couple holes and mm-hmm. yeah. call yeah. it a day. So yeah. do they really need that gear you're talking about, right? right. So, That's a good point. Well, and you won't, it won't come as a surprise that Trevor's saying this because the, the primary thing that we're looking at in the hunting clothing that is uh, ahead of the fishing industry is the utilization of wool. Yeah. And if, if wool fishing Smith. companies would wool get Smith. into that, then Dr. Wool, <laughs> it, honestly, if, if, yeah, if fishing companies would get into that, that yeah. have my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Trevor, you're wearing a piece that they started marketing fishermen. Just letting you know. Yeah, that's right, Matt. You're saying about the way they make gear, uh, basically to cater to the anglers who often maybe don't fish more than five, ten, twelve, fifteen times a year, and that's that's it. That is that may may very well be the average fly angler, and that's all right. Yeah, but the, and the, and the companies know that. I do think it's cool. We are. Get, I think we are getting to the point where we're, we're, we're certainly seeing better gear and maybe it is catching up to the hunting industry. That's great. Yeah. But like, I am getting tired of leaky waders. That's another grievance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this podcast, honestly, I mean, we have some endorsements from 
some of those companies that are doing that well and are kind oh, yeah. of out there to change the narrative, right? They're taking a step forward, yeah. Yeah, yeah. trying to. Hopefully. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> right. Time is to tell. Tired of patching waiters, you know? Yeah. Oh, patching waiters. Jeez. Boots falling yeah. apart. Like, I get that after a while, but... And even like waiters falling apart, but, mm, they shouldn't be falling apart at the seams after like 20 trips or something like that. Yeah. I get tired of that. Yeah. If I run through a bunch of thorns and whatnot, that's my fault, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, you yeah. could have maybe had a little bit more durable material, but I kind of think that's on me, those little pinholes and rips and tears. But man, when the seams fall apart way too quickly. Yeah, seams are a big deal. They're assuming you don't fish hard. That's exactly it, right? You know? Yeah. But there is room for, there are enough anglers that fish hard. Now, obviously, I think many of them really do listen to this podcast. Mm. And we all out there want better quality gear. And there is a demand yeah. for it, maybe like there is in the, in the hunting market. So that's cool. Maybe we're getting there. Yeah. True. Yeah. How did it get positive all of a sudden? Like that sounded, where's the grievances? <laughs> back, back to grievances. <laughs> Come on. We need get to negative. complain more. Complain. About, Let me hear it. Let us hear it. <laughs> the bulging bicep. Okay. <laughs> Follow me here. That's in house. That's in house. No, no, well, that's Austin. No, it's not huh. chin ups what before the uh, before the fish picture. No, right. no. Listen, it's it's the fish hold. It's the fish hold on IG with a veiny. Oh, that's where you're going. Bicep. That's where I'm going with it. It's just like oh, it's like and they they hung on the the hangboard with Austin for 20 minutes <laughs> and then went in the backyard and picked up a fish to hold it. And you just have this massive bulge with this veiny bicep. And look, some dudes, good for Fish you. Holds. You you yeah. can't hand, you can't hand like do anything about it because you're ripped and you have this massive bicep. But there's some dudes out there that are totally flexing a yeah. 12 inch brown trout. Well, they catch like, a come fish. on, they, come on, dude. They catch well, a fish, they keep it in the net, and then they go stream side they do and do their, about 20 they push do their chin ups. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> right? push ups. Yeah. <laughs> then they come and take a picture with find the fish. a limb. <laughs> find a limb. <laughs> with chin -ups. You could do that. Do 20 push ups, right. And then pick so, up your fish. That's a good idea, Trevor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Matt, you're basically complaining about fish holds, and you're kind of, you know, you're kind of an expert on holding fish, I'm, holding big uh, fish. Uh, I'm not even right. busting your balls about that. You, you're pretty good at it. I'm the master of the grogan out the fish. <laughs> there you go, right? And nice. but I don't riding the line. I don't focus on my bicep like bulging. <laughs> In the picture, like I want the fish to be showed, but I gotcha. there's there's folks out there that are taking their shirts off and showing tats, and I'm just That's like, true. man, I don't, the shirt off. No one wants to see that. No, nobody's no. seeing it. That's right, Austin. Put on some sleeves. It's not yeah. showing up in my feed. I don't know what feed you're watching. <laughs> That's a different thing. Bill. It's a different thing. Different account. Bill's Never got other, different uh, account. Uh, other stuff. Guys who fish. As far as there you go. Next grievance. As far as fish holding, I, I'm really getting tired of the squeezing the fish. Right. Oh yeah. Good point. Stop squeezing them. I see guides in fish pictures guides like squeezing where, right where the heart is we've talked about this i wrote articles about yeah. this and we talked about it i think in season what well, was in season one we talked about mm -hmm. uh, taking care of the fish how to handle a fish mm -hmm. and just don't squeeze them stop squeezing them and then i call it the knuckles hold where you're trying to hide your fingers <laughs> and uh, i just think it looks silly and what you're doing is balling up your fist and having the fish like rest on your knuckles instead of like resting like cradling it That's in your hand so you can grow it out and you can't see that your fingers, you know, two, an inch long and the fish is only 15 inches. Yeah, maybe that's it to hide the perspective. But no, I just think it looks silly. And I think 
it it's what's wrong with seeing a finger or two? And you can hold them so you hardly see your fingers if you're experienced at it. It just looks inexperienced to me, really. You're not impressing me by putting it on your knuckles, all right? And it looks, too, like you're squeezing it. Even if you're not squeezing it, it's just resting on your knuckles. Well, it also looks it, a lot like that. I look at it like first, it, I'm yeah. like, oh, they're squeezing it. But no, they're not. Um, but there are plenty of people squeezing the fish, too. Stop squeezing fish. What about, and, and this will go, I was, I was definitely a culprit of this at one point in time, but doing like all necessary steps to make your fish look as big as possible, whether that's like wide angle lens, multiple pictures until you get the, 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 the perfect picture to make it look as big as possible. Like, look, I think we all go through stages and obsessions with, with, with big fish. I'm the first to admit that if you look at my feed, I have a million fish pictures. Millions. But it's like millions, millions. (laughs) I've got so many big fish, but, Humble brag. <laughs> you don't humble brag. But I was wrong about that. But you don't need to you don't need to just like really shove it. Like mm. really really shove it in the picture. If the goal is just to showcase the fish, yeah. showcase the fish and don't worry about what it's gonna look like on Instagram. There you go. Or enjoyment. I think Bill and Austin and Josh, I feel like do the do the artistic fish picture really well. You know? I feel like and I feel like that the trout bitten site, the art that we use on there, the photos that are that you choose, Dom, are really yeah. kind of show a good example of what people should like. I think what people should shoot for, which is just kind of a natural appreciation for the beauty of the fish, for the environment, and not just like overemphasizing one characteristic, like you're saying, right Grobe. Like the the biggest deal is not the size of the fish; it's yeah. it's mm. capturing the beauty of that fish. And, I mean, I hope so. And its environment. I like yeah. to think yeah. that you know. I, I like to think what you say is true there, Trevor. I know that early on in trout pitting, there was more of a focus on big trout, big trout. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to, I've definitely moved away from that on well, purpose. you got to gain a following. <laughs> right. Just show them the big <laughs> trout. Show them the big trout. I think it would be good to do a podcast on how to, like the taking photos and like what goes into thinking about it. Yeah. We touched on that a little bit in the, uh, you know, how to hold a trout. Uh, yeah episode there's there's a section on that but i i'm i'm with you there bill we we should dig a little deeper into all that yeah next grievance so what about private water what about club water is that a grievance oh yeah that's a tough one isn't it (laughs) it is i feel like so i think there's other aspects of this to be grieved about and so i want (laughs) you guys to share them my my specific grievance i just feel like it's sad to see as something that encourages the privatization of water that could be a, a resource for all instead. And Ooh, instead like it's that. turned into sort of like an amusement park for, for some, you know, mm. and for it typically for people that can pay enough to be a part of it or who have historically kind of like been grandfathered into it or, you know, whatever the qualifications for being part of that particular club or section of water is. It just, it is sad to me because, I, and I have, you know, I have been kindly invited by people to fish yeah. on club water and I appreciate those invites and I've had fun fishing on, in, on club water. I'm not going to say that I, you know, it's like the worst experience I ever had, but I did, I was filled and, and I am often filled with just a feeling of sadness about the fact that this, this is gorgeous. Like, and this is beautiful water and there's, there's a reason that this is good water, yes. but it's, but it could be for all and it could be something that we can all appreciate and enjoy. And instead it's like right here in our, 
backyard, you know, there are streams that we can't fish that you can't just walk down to and fish because there is this history of privatization and club kind of fishing that's kept an incentive to keeping them private. Yeah. And one private section is going to lead to the next and to the next. Cause why yeah. wouldn't you make thousands right. of dollars? Cause your, your neighbor, is. Right. I will say this though. If, I mean, in this state, you can legally own that piece of water and post mm-hmm. it if it's not navigable. Heck you can even stock fish in there. Yep. I don't think it should be legal to stock over, especially over a class A wild trout population. And my gosh, do I push back on that a lot? That's one of my Ooh, main yeah. messages. That's a grievance. Yep. It is a grievance. Stop stocking over wild trout. That's my yeah. grievance. That's too big and of so a grievance to... It's a big one, right? To broach here, yeah. But the trouble is when people post just their own 200 yards of water, well, you can't fence those fish in. So now you posted really kind of ridiculous uh, big rainbow trout that are literally like 27 inches, and you're feeding them every yeah. day with pellets. And you're, well, like you said, it's kind of a circus environment. Mm-hmm. And now those fish are going to go wherever they want. And I'm going to catch them two, three, four miles upstream, downstream, 10 miles. I've caught them so far away from wherever those clubs are. That's what's not right, especially when it's over wild trout. And that's, yeah. that's my grievance. I, yeah. think it's, I think it's terrible. I think our fish commission needs to stop it. I think they need to stop. It shouldn't be legal. It's, it's basically stream pollution, yeah. um, especially over wild trout. If they could keep them in, in their own land, Okay. And build a club, charge fees. Okay. Like I'm actually okay with all of that. I don't like it because one private water leads to the next, but they can't keep those fish from going wherever they want. And then the rest of us uh, have to catch them and it changes our experience. And especially if they're going to stock browns over top of an already wild brown trout population. Mm -hmm. Now, every brown, good brown trout that I catch, every 20 inch brown trout that I might catch in a year, I have to question it. Well, where'd that come from? Mm, now, is yeah. this a kind of yeah. artificial setup? It's not fair. It's not fair to the rest of us. That's my grievance. Yeah. I'm going to grieve against the uh, piggyback on this. Dom kind of alluded to it, but the state of Pennsylvania and all the other states that don't, that allow people mm. to post stream bottoms and mm. having lived in Pennsylvania most of my life and then coming to Montana and seeing this stream law, it's mind blowing. Like that's how it should be. Like the state of Montana should be a, should be an example for every state in the United States. Because if you think about it, nobody owns the water. Don't own the water. That's right. It's our collective, like it's, it's nature. Like it's snowmelt, it's springs. Like who in their right mind could rationalize posting the riverbed? Like, yeah. it's, it's our rivers. They're our rivers. They're not yours. I agree. Like, you can own the bank, sure. Like, but you, mm-hmm. you shouldn't own the rivers. And the fact that that exists yeah. still is absurd. I agree. It's absolutely absurd. Yeah. And it causes a lot more problems. Yeah. Yeah, and Montana takes that seriously too, right? So, like, if someone buys land and threatens to privatize it, like, you're going to hear from the whole community. Mm-hmm. Oh, the yeah. whole state. You fight for it. And that whole mm-hmm. pushback just isn't the same here. And, mm-hmm. you know, the idea that the water's everyone's and shared and happily shared isn't the same here. Right. It's it's almost inverse. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I feel like just growing up where I did in like the western part of PA, there's entire mountain ranges that are posted that, that we can't fish because clubs 
and organizations own those and they're good wild trout fisheries that there's just no access to. Yeah. A lot and of them are hunting clubs here too. And they yeah. don't care about the fishing, but no. they post it because they don't want post anyone hunting anyway. there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's my that's my biggest uh I guess envy of Montana is those stream laws. And I just think about like if PA had anything close to that, yeah. just the amount of water that would open up here and it would spread people out. Yes. Good point. Yeah. And it's here, unfortunately, it's only going to get worse. I don't think those stream laws are ever going to change. And the amount of posting is just going to continue to get worse. I've never seen, <laughs> I've rarely seen something get unposted, right? Yeah. Yeah. The last thing, well, one more thing I want to point out about the clubs. Another thing I think really stinks is when a guide or a fly shop or whoever um, takes a client to one of these clubs and then the client catches this 25-inch rainbow trout and they say, there you go, wild trout. You caught a wild trout. Yeah. Now take them there. Tell them what they're catching. Fair enough. Hey, have a good time. We've all fished club water, right? Everybody here has fished club water, private water. But I think it's, it's obviously disingenuous and I think mm-hmm. it's really damaging to the angler. I don't think it's fair to the angler. And I've run into it a lot in guiding. Uh, somebody will be with yeah. me on a Tuesday and they're like, oh yeah, Monday. Yeah. Yesterday evening we were out of this. Where's the, where's all the big trout? Cause man, yesterday evening we were catching big wild rainbows. Hmm. I'm like, whoa, yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I know where you were and those aren't wild. What's your guide tell you? Yeah. He said they're wild rainbows. I'm like, no, sorry, mm-hmm. but they yeah. lied to you. They actually lied to you. And I think that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it sets up it unrealistic expectations for the right. angler. If they want to go and put what they learned that day into practice on their own, right. they're not going to see anywhere near that kind of success because they don't have access on their yeah. own to that kind of water. And, and so then all of a sudden they're going to be discouraged and they're not going to really have the same interest that they had after that fishing trip with their guide. Right. That's why it's not fair. They're going to think like, oh man, I guess I can't catch them on my own. Man, I must be right. doing the wrong things. Where are the big right. trout? Right. Literally, people say that to me. Like, Where are the big ones? I'm like, we just caught a 15 inch. That's that's really good. <laughs> yeah. No, where's the 25? I caught this big one yesterday. No. No. Not cool. No. So no. so talking about spots and stuff, how about how about the uh the angler or the friend that wants to milk all the information he can from you? <laughs> <laughs> the the casual friend. He's right. not your I'm best right here, buddy. Bill. he's he's looking right at you um but yeah like i guess just when someone gives you you know the fishing report like hey i fished you know x and i caught a dozen fish or whatever like don't like i just get annoyed with the occasionally it turns into like well where'd you fish what'd you catch them on you know, was it, were they behind this rock? Were they, well, do you want me to just take you there and walk you there? <laughs> hold your and, hand. Like, do, you want, do you want me to cast and yeah. hold the rod for you? There's a space for that early on, right? Like uh, we can't, we can't That's expect, fair. we can't expect That's new fair, people to, yes. to, yeah. I mean, they're going to ask, they're curious. They want to learn. They want to have the same success that you've had. It's, you know, it's when, it's when people who have been doing this for a while start asking that and start kind of just bypassing the, the rules of the game, like learn this stuff on your own. Right? Yeah. Love you, man. T- give me some info. Love you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, man. I just send pictures of the clicker. <laughs> the clicker. <laughs> How was fishing good. today? 82. That's all they there get a picture you. of the clicker. This guy. It's like, what? What? This guy. Like, what? 46? What? Don't worry about it. That's how fishing was. It's just look at my clicker. <laughs> Come on, numbers. I'll send them latitude and longitude to actual to actual locations, but the the you know the most well known locations around here. Oh right, 
Yeah. I used to send picture. I told you guys this. I used to take pictures of a delayed harvest back in southwestern PA. Dell yep. would know it very well. And that's where I fished every day of the year, year round, <laughs> for everything. You know, how was it? Oh, man. They just stalked. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, they just stalked it. <laughs> I didn't know they stalked wild browns. Someone would ask, did they stalk wild browns in there? No. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. Come on, guy. Next grievance. You got something, Trevor? Yeah, I got something. So I think as you begin to fly fish and fish hard, you can just assume as you're trying to consume information and read what's out there about different topics that everyone that writes an article kind of knows what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And what you realize quickly as you fish more and spend more days on the water is that you kind of have to trust, honestly, your own experience over anything that you will read yeah. and instead use what you read as, you know, possible ways to supplement or kind of A-B test things that you've kind of figured out on your own. But night fishing has been a big example of that for me and Josh in terms of, you know, what we've been able to read about what's out there on night fishing hasn't always jived with what we have found through our own experience. And, and That's if true. we had simply trusted what we read we probably would have limited our success pretty significantly at least in our in the waters that we fish nice and so yeah so i just think my particular it's a sort of weird grievance i suppose but i just think that it's really easy to just fall into the trap of of saying like oh well you know, this guy's really famous and he wrote a, wrote a chapter on night fishing or this yeah. guy's really well known. And, and yet like, don't discount your own experience and don't ever let, don't ever lean too heavily on what's already out there. Like lean more heavily on your own experience and do the hard work yourself to kind of learn, learn things because you may find a completely new way to, to catch fish. Mm -hmm. Don't assume that anybody else knows more than you really. Yeah. Yeah, pick nice. up ideas from anybody from any source. But it doesn't matter what the source is. I wouldn't assume that anybody else knows more than what you do about your rivers and especially about the way you are trying to fish and trying to get better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think a lot of it is every river has its own little niches. Mm. And so while there's some general things that'll apply, some of those things may not always apply to your river if if there's some specific I don't know, maybe a different hatch, maybe a different circumstance. Yeah. Every river is different. And so there isn't a catch-all. No. Like Trevor said, you're going to eventually get to the point where you learn that, oh, I can trust myself here. Yeah. And it's weird that we have to say that, but it's, I think it's maybe just a little bit of that, like the industry kind of points you that way of like, you need to have these classes or you need to read this book or... I don't, and I don't, I'm not necessarily blaming the industry for doing that, but I don't know no. why I would. I, there, I remember very distinctly a period of time where I, I sort of realized I was like, man, I played baseball, I played football, I play, you know, I, and I was thinking about all these sports that I've learned and picked up, and I'm like, I have not struggled to have success in any of them, and I never doubted that I could, and yet mm. here I am thinking that like it's somehow in doubt that I could learn how to fish well or figure yeah. this out or like apply the combination of experience and skill to to kind of sort out how to catch more fish nice and and after that point in time i feel like i've i don't know i've had a lot more fun sort of using 
my own ideas and, and kind of being more innovative mm. on the water for myself. Sometimes I find myself out there questioning, like, oh, should I be doing this? Oh, I, I saw, I read this article, or I saw this video where this guy was doing this. Yeah. Or they were suggesting, oh, that, this is wrong. You shouldn't do it that way. And I'm thinking like, hmm, yeah. am I doing it wrong? Should I do it? And I, in a way, that's good. You know, in a way, that's good. I mm-hmm. like to question, constantly question what I'm doing and try to get better. But I, I've learned not to doubt myself too much. And it does come with experience. I, I recognize that. But like you say, Trevor, it's more fun to have oh that trust in yourself. And you go, wait a second. I know what a good drift is. I know yeah. what I'm, what my goals are, and what I'm trying to do, and what my streams are like. Yeah. And maybe what I saw in that article, or what I saw in that video, or what I read in that article, doesn't apply to me. Or right. maybe, maybe I actually fish better than that person. That's totally right, right. possible. You know, yeah. stop yeah. assuming that everybody else or anybody else really knows more than you do about your waters or fishing right. in general. Anything else, guys? Look at that. You're all ready to go to I bed. Could go on, I could go all night. Oh, I know. We were trying to hold you back, <laughs> bud. <laughs> I've got two here's my Here's my last one. Um, my grievance is anyone who is trying to pretend that catching fish doesn't matter. I like, I like that. What do you mean? I see that a lot. I read that a lot. Some of the articles that I've written and even the podcast that we put out on like numbers of fish, lots of people want to say, well, numbers don't matter. And in that podcast, we made a pretty significant ar- uh, argument that, yeah, it does matter. We said why. And it isn't for bragging rights. It's for learning. And it's for that motivation to get back out there and learn the next thing. Not to keep stats to even compare with yourself and say, I got 10 today, but I got five yesterday. Or I'll catch 22 weeks from now. No, it's about trying to get better. That's the motivation. And I'll say this too. There's also some, I think, misunderstanding that, oh, it's either you're out there for the experience. Oh, and I, do, I love the nature and I love everything out there. <laughs> or, oh, I'm just counting fish. No, we acknowledge that before too. Like you can do both. It's possible. And yeah. we do. Well, every yeah. one of us here. Nah, it's just nice being out. <laughs> it's just nice being out there. We joke about that, right? We well, do. That's yeah, that. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was just, how many fish you catch? Well, it was just nice being out there. Just a nice day. Just a nice day. <laughs> right? Sunny. And I always say, like, that only goes so far. You're only going to go out maybe a half dozen times if you don't catch fish. You can only say that so much. That's just nice being out there. No, it is. It is just nice being out there. But the only thing that's going to get you back out there is the next fish or the next next puzzle to solve, really. It's those river mysteries that keep us motivated. Oh, dumb. I could have caught more fish if I I wanted to. If you wanted to, you could have caught as many yeah. as you wanted. <laughs> I just thought of one more I got to throw in. Oh, right. I figured. Okay. So big groups, right? So well, not river cleanups, these big organizations mm-hmm. or like these small groups that decide to meet up mm-hmm. at a stretch of water and there's over like seven of, of them or it, it turns into 15, 17 people meeting up to yeah. fish. What? Wait a minute. Why would you want to meet? I wouldn't want to meet all six of you. Right. Or all, all five of you <laughs> like, on one stream to fish for a day. Right. Let alone 22 <laughs> people yeah. in drift boats or you all meet up in the same parking lot to have a good day on the water. No. That, that's impossible. <laughs> no. To have that's a good day on do. the water. That's, no. that's not what you do. That's not what we do here. We don't meet 22 people. And shake hands and act like you're going to have a fun time on one stretch of river. That's not cool. Matt, maybe it isn't about catching fish, bud. 
be out there. Come on. It's just nice being out there. (laughs) Just trying to sweetheart a little. (laughs) Hey, do we have anything else? No. I feel so much. I feel lighter. Do you guys feel that? I know. (laughs) I do too. I feel completely aired. Until next year. Yes, it feels good. I'm aired out. If one of us doesn't make it back for the next next week's episode, we'll know we pissed somebody off. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, sincere message. I'm sorry. We're all sorry if we pissed anybody off. Yeah. It's all in good fun. It's really not the intention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're really nice. (laughs) It's just to educate. It is. It's kind of an education. In season 10 of Trout Bitten, we're going to have an open line. To where every you, you know we can we'll take calls from around the country <laughs> and you can you can tell us what's wrong with us right you can call in and bitch about there us go. there you go that season will just be Dom and Austin though just a roast <laughs> yeah, yeah I, want no, I want no part of this <laughs> I will filter the questions to Dom <laughs> all right there it is the airing of grievances some of this stuff is nitpicky it's just little things that bug us but don't really matter much yeah. A few of these things are nothing more than pet peeves. But a lot of these grievances are major problems that hold anglers back. Maybe it's bad information that confuses fishermen, or it's poor fish handling tactics that harm the resource. So I think it's fair to call balls and strikes the way they are. And maybe some good change will come down the line. Surely, though, none of us are happy to complain all day long. Because negativity can turn sour quickly. But the most egregious of these problems needs to be fixed. And there's no doubt that pointing out the bad things and holding each other accountable is a positive step in a better direction. All right, Austin, will you read us out? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right, so remember, the Trout Project is a free resource for all anglers. The Trout website hosts over 800 articles with endless stories, commentaries, tactics, tips, and more. Find what you like through the top menu and through the search page. Navigate by way of the categories and tags, too. Be sure to find the Trout YouTube channel currently featuring the Trout Bitten Tip Series in collaboration with Wilds Media. These are short, useful, and unique tips for your fly fishing life. Thank you for listening to the Trout Bitten Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment, because it really helps. Until next time, friends, fish hard, enjoy the day, and find your life on the water. Got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. Come on, Pap. That's good stuff. Too smart for me? Ah, looks good. That's pretty good. Next grievance. Stop being mean. This is how you can be a nymph man and still be elite. I got a rod bolt, and I feel triggered here. Ah, It's on. It's just nice to be out there. Come on, guy. Don't like it. You'll catch more fish if there's less people around. Go catch trout. Have fun. Don't be mean.